You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good afternoon, Bucknutters. I am Dave Biddle. Welcome to What We Learned Live, our post-game podcast. Um, and Texas just took the 19-17 to lead over Alabama with 129 left. Did they leave too much time on the clock? So no one's going to join uh, this podcast till this game's over. Maybe some people can multitask. But uh, welcome to What We Learned Live. Uh, Buckeyes knocked off Arkansas State 45-12 to today. I thought overall, I was encouraged by this. I mean, I thought... You know, there are things that happened that, you know, definitely went in Arkansas State's favor. You know, Mecca Buka, Buckeyes finally get a punt return for a touchdown for the first time in uh, eight years. Jalen Marshall was the last to do it in 2014, and it gets called back. Two penalties on that play uh, on the Buckeyes. Way too many penalties. So I'm going to get into what we learned from my perspective. I got a lot of notes here, as you can see. A lot of notes. A lot of notes. So we're going to go – I'm going to go chronological order, and then eventually we'll take questions. So – um, wait till I ask, I mean, you guys can ask questions now, but I might not see them. Um, cause it might be too far, far down the list, but eventually we'll take questions. Um, we're also hoping to hear from, uh, Steve Hellwagon and Patrick Murphy live from Ohio stadium after the press conference. Um, and hopefully Texas, even though Quinn Ewers got hurt, 1917, Texas, 129 left on the clock, Bama one timeout. We'll see. Um, all right, let's get to it. Um, so what we learned about this game today, um, the first thing we learned is I'm going to retweet the show. Um, so the first thing I wrote down was, you know, before there was even a play, Josh Proctor got the start over Lathan Ransom, which surprised me because 
A, how Ransom played last week. And Ryan Day is usually hush-hush about this type of stuff. And when asked about it, he said, yeah, like the, the plan right now is for Lathan Ransom to start, but Josh will play a lot. So Proctor got the start. And, you know, what we learned was that uh, both of them played really well. I mean, Proctor was doing what he does. He was laying the wood out there, and I loved it. Um, he didn't miss any tackles as far as I as far as I saw. And then obviously when Ransom was in there, he played well too. So love seeing that. Ransom was in there. I'm was, you know, you're hoping they don't get like a cheap touchdown there at the end and the backups are in there, but thank goodness they're so deep at safety. Ransom's technically a backup and he's out there making plays, just the best player on the field there in the fourth quarter. So I'm going to crawl chronological order here. Um, I love how the defense started the game out. With basically three straight three and outs, you know, they had the one, they got a three and out right away, and then they had another three and out, and then the punt that I referred to that Emeka took back for a touchdown, there were two penalties, so, um, you know, they got the ball back, but then they, they stuffed them then, and then um, they had another three and out that actually counted. So basically three for three for the defense to start the game um, on three and outs. That's fantastic. I love Jim Knowles. Absolutely love everything about him. Um so, I mean, obviously, Marvin Harrison Jr., I mean, we learned that, that he's a stud. We, we already knew that. It's just been confirmed. He looks like A.J. Green out there to me. I'm right down to the number 18, six foot four. I'm talking A.J. Green at Georgia and A.J. Green during his prime years uh, with the Bengals. Not that Marvin's that good yet, but, like, that's what he looks like to me out there. And he, I think he will be that good. I think he's not just going to be, you know, an NFL player. I think he's going to be a really, really good NFL player, a star player. I'm not saying he's going to be as good as his father who's a Hall of Famer. A.J. Green's not going to be a Hall of Famer. I think mostly because of injuries the last few years, he was headed that path for sure. 6'4", um, could run after the catch, caught everything, long arms, great hands, you know, ran, ran great routes, smart guy, um, good guy off the field. He just reminds me so much of A.J. Green, which is funny when his dad is an NFL Hall of Famer. He's just he's like four inches taller than his dad. So we learned Marvin Harrison Jr. is a freaking stud. We already knew that because of the Rose Bowl and everything else, you know, that we've talked about, but um, certainly learned that. I mean, my gosh, what were his final stats? Marvin Harrison Jr.'s final stats, seven catches, 184 yards, three touchdowns. You know, not too shabby there. We'll take that uh, any day of the week. So, um, yeah. Um, in fact, i tell you what, uh, I better plug in my computer here. I got, uh, there we go. Get to a little, Okay. Yeah, I, I had enough life on there. I probably could have made it through the show, but I might as well plug it in now. Okay, we, we continue to learn Michael Hall Jr., which is what he wants to be called. He goes by, you know, a lot of us call him Mike Hall, even some of the coaches do, but he wants to be called Michael Hall Jr. So he wants to be called Michael Hall Jr. I'm calling him Michael Hall Jr. Again, he was a stud today, and thank goodness I wrote down here, Mike Hall is hurt. No! Then, woo! After we learned that it was not a serious injury there, hopefully. You never know. I mean, just because he came off and said it wasn't bad is, you know, hopefully that whatever it was, shoulder or whatever is okay. He's a stud, absolute stud. Tommy Eichenberg's a stud. Um, I like what I saw out of this defense. I know it wasn't perfect, but um, I like what I saw. Okay, we got to get into this. We learned that Cam Brown, I, I, you know, I did the better than sign. Cam Brown's better than Denzel Burke. And, you know, I, I still am bullish on Denzel Burke, but he had a horrible game today. He had a horrible game today. And, He's got to get way better. And you got to wonder if JK, or excuse me, if uh, Jordan Hancock was healthy, he didn't play today, if they would have put him in there because JK Johnson's that next guy. I don't think he's ready for that yet. I like JK Johnson, tons of speed. Um, not afraid to throw his nose in there, even though he's a, you know, slight corner. Um, I wouldn't call him a small corner, but, you know, still skinny. 
he's six foot though. He's not a small corner, um, height wise or length wise. But uh, Jordan Hancock would be that number three corner in my opinion, and he's hurt right now. It's nothing long term from what we're being told. Um, you know, got hurt during camp and um, you know might have re-injured that. Um, but um, man, Bama's in field goal range. I figured that Texas scored too soon. Um, hopefully they missed the field goal. Um, we're not taking it right now, but, um, yeah, so we learned, I mean, Cam Brown looked great though. I know Cam Brown gave up a big play too. Cam Brown gave up a big play too, but overall I loved what I saw to Cam Brown. He's fast. He's physical. How many times we see Cam Brown lay in the wood out there as a corner. I love seeing a corner lay the wood out there. So Cam Brown, listen, I think Denzel Burke's going to be fine, but he's got to clean this up. Last week he gave up a couple of long plays and they were lucky. We could call them lucky, but he was still beat on the plays. Like both times those receivers had like a, a step on him um, today. You can't do what he did missing tackles, you know, just getting absolutely burned on double moves. Just <clears throat> cannot happen. It can't happen against Arkansas state, you know, because if it happens against Arkansas state, it's going to happen against good teams. Um, although I'll, I want to say this, Arkansas state, I give them credit, Butch Jones. Um, you know, I don't think he's a great head coach or anything, but like give them credit. I think this was not like a pushover game. I bet you Arkansas State could beat Hawaii, who Michigan's playing tonight, maybe even Colorado State, who they played last week. This is the easiest game on Ohio State's schedule. And uh, what's the young man's name that looks really good for them? Um, this is the easiest game on Ohio State's schedule, Arkansas State, and they're a decent team. I, I, I won't be surprised if they're a middle-of-the-road um, Sunbelt Conference team, and Sunbelt's not a bad conference. Um Champ Flemings is a good player. The kid that was at Oregon State for four years and transferred to uh, Arkansas State uh, finished with, what, seven catches, 122 yards, and a touchdown. Also had some rushing yards. That kid's like 5'6". He lists him at like 155. He looks a little thicker than that. He's also tough. He's super fast. So give them credit. They were a little better, I think, than people thought. But overall, I was encouraged by this Ohio State team. What else did we learn about this? Uh, we learned C.J. Stroud played like a Heisman quarterback today. There, did he play perfect? No. Um, there was even one time I've been wanting him to run the ball that he did. It didn't work out, uh, and I hated that he took – I want him to run the ball when he doesn't think he's going to get hit. Um, credit to him, though. That stuff that, – that builds character. But he looked like a Heisman quarterback out there today. Yeah, Arkansas State, well, I think their offense is going to be decent, relatively speaking. Um, their defense is, is not good at all. But still, uh, some of those passes he was making were just completely on point. I mean, a couple of them to Marvin Harrison Jr. for touchdowns. Um, one that was not a touchdown early in the game was perfectly thrown to Marvin Harrison Jr. There are many others. I mean, the, the touchdown, as you know, that's the one we're all going to refer to. It was perfect pass and a perfect catch by Marvin Harrison Jr. there in the corner of the end zone, um, front corner of the end zone. Um, can't throw that ball any better, and you can't catch the ball any better, and it was great coverage by the corner. You can't you can't fault them at all. Um, yeah, I can't uh, – I can't my I can't lose my trusty notes here. You guys see, I mean, I don't I don't mess around during the game. I mean, these are notes. Yeah, yeah, front and back. Um, I almost needed a almost needed a third page. Um, and we're gonna get into I, this is chronological order for the most part. We're gonna get into freshmen and everything else, and eventually I'll take questions. If you're just tuning in, eventually I'm gonna take questions. Um, and uh, hopefully we hear from Patrick Murphy and Steve Hellwagon live from the Ohio Stadium. Buckeyes moved to 2-0. Again, I'm encouraged by this game today. Marvin Harrison, what a beast. And I love Emeka Ekbuka. I love uh, Xavier Johnson. I know he got that penalty. But I'm sure you guys saw this, or at least most of you. I don't like um, excuse it, but uh, damn it. Bama hit the – yeah, I, I missed it live. Bama hit the field goal. Of course they did. They better drop in the – they better drop. 
They they were favored by 21. They win by one, probably. Win by one point. And um, they better drop. They're playing an unranked team. Yeah, on the road, but unranked. Um, favored by 21. Alabama wins by one. And they better not just drop one spot. They better drop behind Ohio State because Ohio State dropped after beating the number five team in the nation by 11. You beat number five by 11 and you drop. If you beat not ranked Texas by one, you better drop the third. Ohio State better be second. Probably won't happen. Get ready for Georgia one, Bama two, Ohio State three. Just get ready for it. Because it wasn't like Ohio State won by 100 today. They won by 33, but it's not like Ohio State covered. But still, um, I still was impressed with the with the win. They would have covered if not for some weird stuff like that punt return getting called back on a Mecca. And, um, you know, I, Marvin Harrison Jr. should have had four touchdowns. He really should have. Um, I haven't seen anything in the comment section so far. I know we got a bunch. I'm sure some people have already mentioned that. Um, I don't know how you review that and determine that's not a touchdown. I know it was close. It was close on both fronts. Did he catch it and make what they call a football move? Yes, he did. It was as close as, as possible. But if you look at the replay, there's no doubt about it. I mean, you could say at best 99% sure, 1% he didn't. I mean, that's good enough. Um, did he cross the goal line before it was knocked out? Yes, he did. It was as close as possible, but he did. You could tell from the replay. And regardless, Ohio State recovered the fumble. If you're going to say he caught it, but, but it wasn't a touchdown, well, Ohio State recovered the fumble. It should have been Ohio State's ball. Um, that was four points lost right there. Anyway, I think Marvin Harrison Jr. will be okay with his three touchdowns. Um, now, we have, I, I love hearing Joshua Perry. My gosh, is that a star on the rise right there, huh? Doing the color commentary today. Um, he did say this was Marvin Harrison Jr.'s coming out party. Uh, part two, I'll say, because uh, the Rose Bowl is his coming out party. But um, great to see that. Because we talked all offseason. Marvin Harrison Jr. and Mecca Bucro are going to step right in. And nothing against Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. There's not going to be a drop-off. Um, easy to say that. And, and we're seeing that now, though. We're seeing that. We just need a healthy JSN. And I'm told he could have played today. You know, if this, was, if this was the Michigan game, he would have played today. It'd probably been effective. It wasn't like he would have played and like been out there like 20%. Like he, I think he's like probably like, I don't know, 80% right now. Sit him out next week against Toledo, get him ready for Wisconsin. Um, all right, let's get it. Uh, we talked about the defense a little bit. Um, uh, JT Tuimulala looks great to me. Looks absolutely great, particularly early in this game. I thought he dominated. And then it was Michael Hall who stepped up after that. I love this D line. Jack Sawyer played well. Uh, Tyleek Williams. You played well. Um, Teron Vincent um, played well early and then had that penalty uh, when they were going off the field at halftime and there was like a little skirmish there and got benched for a while. But um, I like that Teron Vincent stepped up as a starter. We needed that, you know. Uh, Tyleek Williams and Mike Hall look like the two best D tackles. You needed one of those veterans to really step up. Um, but I, I love what I see out of JT Tuimilowal and Michael Hall Jr. Those look like the two best defensive linemen right now. And Jack Sawyer. Looks really good to me as well, um, you know, and Tyleek Williams. This reminds me a lot, and they even better and even deeper than way back in the day when it was, you know, Matt Finkus and uh, Mike Vrabel and Luke Fickle, those guys, you know, playing as freshmen. Fickle was a redshirt freshman. Vrabel and Finkus were true freshmen uh, in 93, and they all played a lot. Fickle started, um, and then they came back that next year, you know, as second-year guys. They all started, and you're thinking, man, this D-line is not only good right now, it's set up for future. I mean, watch out for this D-line next year, um, and it's good right now. It's really good. It's great. It's great, and I think they're going to continue to get better. 
Um, I'm going to get into freshmen later, but I, I before I move on, because I, I know people are probably screaming at me right now if I'm talking about the D-line, I don't mention Caden Curry. Caden Curry looked great. You know, good for him. We're going to get into the freshmen later. Okay, so um, love the running back combo. We learned that um, Travion Henderson's a stud and Mayan Williams is a stud. I mean, they have two studs. Absolutely. I won't be surprised if Mayan goes pro after this year. Um, got another year of Henderson. Hopefully get Pryor back next year. Um, another guy I'm going to talk about later is Dallin Hayden. He looked good to me. So, um, loved what I saw that one, two punch, but, um, going back to the defense, I mean, Denzel Burke's got to get better. Cam Brown completely outshined him. And I wonder if, um, you know, if Jordan Hancock wasn't hurt, if Jordan Hancock would have been in there. Um, yeah, as I said, I mean, this defensive line is fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Okay. We've got to get into this. We learned that there were too many damn penalties on Ohio state. I mean, Arkansas State had their share, too. Oh, my goodness. Ohio State, first of all, instead of it being 14 nothing early or whatever it would have been, would it have, yeah, it would have been 14 nothing on a Mecca's punt return. They have two penalties. Give the ball back to them. And then what do they do on top of that? They get two more penalties then to give them 30 extra yards to get them down in field goal range. So then they get a cheap field goal when this defense really started the game off for all intents and purposes was three straight three and outs. Way too many penalties on Ohio State. Way too many. There were too many against Notre Dame. They took it up a notch tonight uh, or today. I'm sure Ryan Day is more upset than any of us. Um, Got to get that cleaned up. Big time. Big time. Way too many penalties on the Buckeyes. Um, I wrote this down right before I came on the air. I don't know if they had one in the last two minutes, but I don't think they did. They, I think they finished nine penalties for 95 yards. Can't do it. Can't have it. Can't have nine penalties for 95 yards. Can't do it. Four times the defense jumped off sides. Four times. Now, I'm not a big fan of the rule change because it used to be if you jumped off that you got back, it was cool. Now, it would be different if the quarterback, everybody moved. But, like, now it's this guy jumps off a little bit and you can just kind of the O-tackle can just kind of do something and then it's off sides. I I don't like that because for years, what was wrong with the rule? They've already made too many rules that are friendly for the offense. What's wrong with the rule where you jump off sides, but if they don't move – I'm not talking about the offensive tackle moving a hand up. Um, if they don't move and you get back on, that should not be offsides in my book. But it is, so you better be disciplined. doesn't matter if you don't agree with the rule. Way too many penalties for Ohio State. Way too many. Ridiculous. Um, so we learned you got to clean that up. Too many penalties last week. Although I like that Dewan Jones didn't have any penalties tonight. Um, he was the one that was the biggest um, offender last week of that rule. Um, too many penalties. But – um, not good, not good at all. Denzel Burke not only was getting beat, but had his share of penalties, got away with one where he clearly grabbed the guy's, you know, jersey, should have been pass interference, wasn't, and that was a big play. Uh, well, not a big play, but um, disappointing, very disappointing. Um, we learned the defense opened up the second half as great as you possibly can. So Ohio State, first of all, just the Buckeyes opened up the second half. So we're all sitting there thinking the same thing at halftime. It's like, of course, they're going to win this game. It's 24 to nine, but it's 24 to nine against Arkansas State. 24 to nine. You're favored by 44 or something. You're up by 15. You're, come on. 24 to nine. What do they do? They come out there and they go 75 yards and 120. <laughs> and boom, touchdown, 31 9 Buckeyes. Okay. Travion Henderson was great on that drive. Fantastic. Great to see it. I love Travion and Mayan. Best one-two punch at running back in the country, in my opinion. 
Okay. What does the defense do then? The defense gets the ball. What do they do? So two tackles for loss. So that's third and long already. Then a sack from Steel Chambers. Um, so you get two tackles for loss, then a sack on the first three plays of the second half for the defense. Okay. And then the offense gets the ball back. They get a long touchdown from Emeka Ibuka. 38 to nine, four minutes into the second half. They just came out. Ohio State, you could tell they were pissed off like we all were. Just up 24 to nine at halftime. And before you can blink, it's 38 to nine. This game's over. Um, then what does the defense do? 38 to nine. You already know the game's over. Starters are still out there. I wondered if they took the, if they would take the starters out. I think they left the starters in a little too long today, but whatever. As long as there were no like injuries, Mike Hall got hurt. I was thinking, why is he still in there? Hopefully he's not hurt. Seriously, doesn't sound like he is. What does the defense do then? So offense, touchdown, defense, three and out with a two tackles for loss and a sack. Perfect. Uh, it's like a pitcher, you know, with a nine pitch, you know, perfect inning, three strikeouts. Um Offense, another, you know, quick strike touchdown. What's the defense do? Another three and out. Perfect start to the second half. Absolutely love it. Then everything's going well. Um, offense finally has to punt. Denzel Burke. We learned Denzel Burke got burned again. We learned Denzel Burke got burned again. Only led to a field goal. And we also learned the red zone defense was on point tonight. Today. I keep saying tonight. Um, the red zone defense was on point. Um, yeah, I mean – Gave up probably a little too many yards than they wanted to, but like 12 points, four field goals, no touchdowns. I love that. I love that because they're going to be aggressive. I love the aggressiveness from Knowles. Um, they're going to give a bid. If you're an extremely aggressive defense, which they are, they're not kind of aggressive. They're extremely aggressive. And if if you are that, you're going to give up your share of big plays. As Knowles has said himself, you just, you just want to limit the amount of big plays. No more than five. Five is the absolute limit. Obviously, you want less than that. You start giving up more than five, and by big plays, he means 20 yards or more, you're in trouble. You're at five or less with tackles for loss and sacks. We didn't see turnovers today, but with turnovers and just overall chaos, you're going to be okay, especially with this offense. Five or less. I think there are less than that. I'll have to go back and look, but whatever. I like what I see out of this defense. Um, flying around out there. Um, but Denzel Burke's got to be better, but I love the red zone defense. Love the red zone defense. That's huge because they're going to give up some big plays. As long as those big plays are not touchdowns, like we saw against Notre Dame, that first play in the Notre Dame game, the one that got Josh Proctor whiffed, that he whiffed on. Steel Chambers chases it down, gets the tackle. They're in the red zone even after they get the penalty on JTT on that same play. And what happens? And the Buckeyes um, stuff them from there, and they have to kick a field goal. That was a win for Ohio State. Instead of Notre Dame starting the game off with a touchdown, it's a field goal, 3-0. Uh, you're not going to beat Ohio State with field goals, not even in a defensive struggle like that. All right, so a um, couple things that we learned here. Um, let's talk about the freshman. I mentioned this earlier. I thought Caden Curry looked great, you know, and that didn't surprise me. He was the first one to get his black stripe removed in the spring. He looked great in the spring. Was that, he, only reason he didn't play any um, offense or defensive snaps against Notre Dame, he was out there in special teams. So maybe he got one. Maybe he got one defensive snap against Notre Dame. The reason he wasn't out there more, Notre Dame had 49 offensive snaps. I don't think I've seen that in football in a long time. 49 offensive snaps. Ohio State didn't have that many in that same game, but they had 71. So Ohio State, 71 snaps against Notre Dame. Um, Notre Dame only had 49. Caden Curry looks great to me. Um, so that was great to see. He gets in there. He gets a tackle for loss. Um, you know, for his first big play as a Buckeye, a tackle for, I mean, looked great too. Just flew in there, read the play perfectly. Zone read. He knew somebody else had the quarterback. He had the running back assignment. Bam, five-yard loss. 
wasn't one of those cheap, you know, tackles for loss. That's like really a, because if now, if it's no gain, it's a tackle for loss. And that was at five yards. Just, he looked like a, just a bullet train. Love Caden Curry. And uh, Jim Knowles refers to him as a surly guy, you know, kind of Jack Sorry. So those two guys are surly. And Knowles says, I love that being a Philly guy. Um, so Caden Curry, love that. Um, and then on the very next play, he gets a solo tackle. How about Caden Curry? And then the other freshman I want to mention, true freshman, Dallin Hayden looked good to me. Looked good getting in there as that third string running back, looking like a little Michael Wiley out there wearing that number five. Um, really liked what I saw at Dallin Hayden catching the football, running the football late. Had about five touches, I think at three carries and two receptions. I'll have to look at the final stats, but um, I like the burst that I saw out of him and I like the toughness. There's sometimes it looked like, okay, they might get him tackled here and he might not get that first down and he was able to slither through and um, look good, you know. Very mature kid. We've got a chance to interview him during camp, which told a lot to me because they don't bring a, a true freshman third stringer out there unless they believe in him. And at the time, he was a fourth stringer because that was before Evan Pryor got hurt. That said a lot to me. And then we got the chance to sit down with him, and it was like, okay, this kid's mature as heck. It's easy to see why they like him. And his dad, dad was a former NFL player. Um, Dallin Hayden looks good as that third string running back. So uh, good to see that, especially with the unfortunate injury to uh, – uh, to Evan Pryor, like I said. Some other true freshmen getting their debuts tonight for the Buckeyes. Hero Canoe at, at D-Tackle. Love seeing that. Um, great defensive line class they brought in. We talked about Caden Curry um, he, he at DN. Hero Canoe, the one D-Tackle in this true freshman class. And then the other two really good DNs, Amari Abor and Kenyatta Jackson were in there late. That was great seeing them. They look quick. What a great D-line class. I would have preferred a five-man class with another D-tackle in there, but give me this all day with the three DNs uh, with Curry and Abor and Jackson and then uh, Canoe at D-tackle. It's too bad they didn't have a great D-line class the previous year. Oh, wait, that might be one of the best D-line classes in Ohio State history with JT Tumo Lowell, Jack Sawyer, Michael Hall Jr., and Tyleek Williams. Talk about stacking two great D-line classes back-to-back. Love it, absolutely. All right. Cam Martinez is the other thing I wrote down here. We learned Cam Martinez, um, you know, if not for Tanner McAllister, knowing this defense almost as well as Jim Knowles himself and being a good player, Cam Martinez would be a starter and they wouldn't miss a beat. Um, we learned Cam Martinez is a really good player. Um, I think we already kind of knew that, but uh, we definitely learned that. All right, what do you guys think? You think, think we should do some questions? I think we should do some questions. All right, fire away with any questions for me. We'll start here at the bottom. All right, fire away with any questions. All right, let me put my um, reading glasses on so I can see. All right, Terry from YouTube. I think we needed to give Devin Brown a chance. I was surprised that, um, A, Stroud was not out earlier and McCord in earlier, and then that Devin Brown didn't get some reps. I'd like to see. I thought for sure he would. Now, I'm sure Ryan Day expected that, but he also didn't expect to be up only – 15 points at halftime. It's a two score game at halftime. So they, they went a little, they went a little later. Um, Brandon on Facebook does not really have a comment. He just says Denzel Burke uh, exclamation marks. Yeah. We all know what you mean. He's got to be way better. He didn't have to be better. He has to be way better than that. Disappointing. When will we see CJ Hicks? Dubba the boss from YouTube. I don't know. I thought we'd see him late. He's one of those guys I thought would see late. But I will say this. They only got the second team linebackers in there late. 
So Chip Traina made his basically his debut. You know, he's been playing all over special teams and looking good. He's the backup to Tommy at, at the mic. And Tommy played all 49 snaps against Notre Dame at the mic. So 50, including a kneel down. Um, so Trip, Chip is that backup there. So he got in there. Cody Simon was playing a lot late. They only played two linebackers. I thought we'd see CJ Hicks. Hopefully we see him next week. Um, all right. Question from David on YouTube. Am I concerned about our pass rush and corner play? I'm concerned about Burke. He's got to clean. Now, I do think he's going to be okay long term because I know what I saw last year. I think today he was just way over aggressive thinking that oh, we're playing against a bad team. I can maybe get a pick six. Way too over aggressive today and just played a horrible game. Played a horrible game. Um, am I, uh, I'm not concerned with the pass rush. This guy was trying to get the ball out quickly. How many times did he have to throw the ball away or got sacked or got hit on, you know, just throw, basically, you know, throwing the ball away? I like this pass rush. Not concerned about the pass rush at all. Penalties. Brandon is not about uh, questions. Brandon from Facebook says penalties, exclamation marks. Exactly. Way too many penalties. I covered that earlier. Can't have it. Can't have it at all. Way too many penalties. Uh Basil from Facebook, are we ever going to see CJ running the ball? Um, he tried it once today. I give him credit for it. I just think once or twice a game he needs to do that. Now, I want to see him run it when he can – there's 10 clear – we've seen them where he doesn't do it, where there's 10 clear yards ahead of him. He could get the first down slide, get out of bounds, one of the two, and he doesn't do it. Um, today he took off on a third and nine play, only got two yards, took a pretty hard shot at the sideline, borderline could have been roughing the quarterback. I don't think it was. Um, not roughing the quarterback. You get you know what I mean. Illegal, you know, late hit out of bounds. Um, but um, you know, I um, I was glad he at least tried. I think he needs to. Michigan game, third and eight. They think they get the Buckeyes stopped, and CJ breaks their back with a scramble when they think they have everybody covered. Get the first down. That's huge. That's a backbreaker for a defense. Um, no, I mean CJ actually is fast though. We have a commenter saying that CJ is not that fast. He is fast. Watch the way – look how athletic he is. Oh, people say, well, you know, Tom Brady doesn't run and Peyton Manning didn't run and this and that. Here's the difference. CJ Stroud is far more athletic than those guys. Watch when he rolls out. How about that play to Mayan Williams last week to keep that, that final touchdown drive alive on third down? That was great mobility. Great catch by Mayan, but great mobility by CJ and great throw. Couldn't be a better throw. Unbelievable. Rolling to your left like that. He had one earlier in the game rolling to his right. Very similar to a Mechic Buka, but for a right-handed quarterback, that's a little easier. And it didn't have a guy like coming down and smacking him as he was throwing it. Rolling to your left, linebacker hits you, and you put it right there. CJ has the ability to do it. He just doesn't do it very often. But I'm glad that he um, – I'm glad that he at least tried it today. I don't need him taking hits, though. I, I don't even know it. Yeah, I heard that, too. Yeah, Knowles is saying that the defense is at 78% of the defense installed. Yeah, that jibes what he told us. Um you know, at the end of camp, he said uh, it's about 75%. But that's what he expected, though. He didn't think it'd be 100% installed. And he said they can continue to pull things out of the tool chest. They have all of these things. And when they add things, it's not going to be anything that's, like, completely diametrically opposed to what they're already doing. It's going to be kind of similar, just kind of like a, an adjustment of what they're already doing. And I love I love his aggressiveness. Doesn't it look like a silver bullet defense? Don't you guys love it? John wants to know, who does Ohio State play next? They play Toledo at home, 7 o'clock next week. Yeah, 7, 7 p.m. game. Yeah, 7 p.m. game next week against Toledo. Um, and in case you're thinking this is going to be a cakewalk, Toledo, I think, will be a better team than Arkansas State 
for example, this year, and Arkansas State actually looked solid to me today, um, relatively speaking, not meaning that they would like win a Big Ten game or anything. Um, but um, Toledo's picked to win the MAC, so make of that what you will. Toledo is picked to win the MAC, at least their division of the MAC. So um, they look like a solid team. They got a lot of returning starters. Their quarterback is good. He's been there for a while. He's returning. They did lose a good running back and a good safety from last year's team, but they Toledo is going to be a decent team next week. Kind of wish it wasn't a night game, but whatever. It's seven o'clock. It's not. It's like it's eight o'clock. It'll be all right. Yeah. All right. Keep those. Uh... Yeah. Where was Jaden Bowd? I think just right now Xavier Johnson's just ahead of him, and they just mainly played three receivers today. Those that are wondering where was Jaden Ballard, I think, you know, he was out there, but um, played well in special teams. And I think Xavier Johnson has just right now beat him out, you know. And he's right there. Ballard's right there. But they just basically played three receivers today. And, and you know, for the most part, like I said, Ballard was out there. But, um, yeah, there's a lot of comments about too many penalties. Way too many. I mean, way too many. Absolutely way too many. Some Josh Proctor comments coming in. This is from Richard on Facebook saying Josh Proctor looked good. We have a lot of people saying Josh Proctor looked good. Um, absolutely agree with that. I thought Lathan Ransom looked good too. I found it interesting that um, Proctor got the start after what Ryan Day said. So good for Proctor for stepping up. They're going to need both those guys. I wonder if Court Williams is a little banged up. So I expected to see him more. I bet he's banged up if I had to guess. I bet they could play him, but they know they've got two bandit safeties that they really like, and they want to make sure Court Williams is healthy. For a game like Wisconsin, especially if one of the other two guys gets banged up, I, I think Court Williams is gonna is gonna play. Um, a couple more freshmen that I didn't get into. Um, DBs that played late. The two DBs, true freshmen, Jair Brown and Kai Stokes, was good to see them out there. Those are two guys I did not mention um, in my very lengthy um, game notes here. Uh, as you can see, I can almost read my own writing if I have glasses on. All right, let's keep it let's keep it going. Okay, we have. A lot of people saying Denzel Burke is regressing, including Chad from Facebook. It looks like that, but it's two games. I mean, I'm still glad he's on the team. You know, he just looked over aggressive to me today, man. He, he just looked over aggressive. Like he was thinking, okay, today's my day to have like a pick six and another interception. He just, he's got to just be, he's got what it takes. We know what we saw last year as a true freshman. You don't come in here at Ohio State and be the first corner to start from day one at true freshman at, at corner ever, unless you're really good. People might say, what about Sean Springs? Sean Springs was a redshirt freshman in 1994. Somehow he, he redshirted in 93, even though he only stayed, he's only here for four years anyway. Um, I've joked, I had, I had Sean Springs on a radio show one time and joked with him, like, how in the heck did you redshirt in 1993? He's like, I don't know. Um, he's like, we were deep, but I should have been playing. I'm like, yeah, did they think they were going to get five years out of you? I digress. We've never seen a, a, True freshman corner start from day one at Ohio State other than Denzel Burke, and he played well. So I think Tim Walton's going to get the best out of him, but he, if we continue to see regression, that's both on Denzel Burke and Tim Walton, in my opinion. There's no way that kid should be regressing, so it's got to be you got to coach him up, and Burke's got to figure out what the heck's going wrong here. So I know what I saw last year. Still can't believe Texas didn't win. I tell you what, though, Alabama was one – was favored by 21 and they went on a last second field goal by one point they better drop they should drop to third but they won't they'll drop to second and by the way we'll see how impressive um georgia's win over oregon was i'm not buying oregon and bonix at all new of a rookie head coach 
Crystal Ball might have not been great, but he was a good head. He's a good head coach. Um, although he, he didn't look that good today. I right, keep firing away with questions. Hopefully, we get to hear from Patrick. Um, the press conference, I'm sure, is going on right now. See if I have any news from uh, Patrick or Steve. I'm sure they're ways away from joining, if at all. Um, keep those uh, questions firing in there. <laughs> so, 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 so many. So many uh, comments about uh, Denzel Burke. He'll be all right. I really believe he'll be all right. You guys know I don't, you know, I shoot you straight. I shoot you straight. I try not to bash kids, but if I, you would know if I was down, I mean, I'm down on what I saw today. He played horrible. He looked awful today, but I think overall Denzel Burke's going to be okay. The two big plays he gave up last week were fluky in my opinion. Did something happen to Matt Baxendale? No, he's on the show every Wednesday. We just didn't have him on this week because we had a special get, uh, guest, um, Monica Daniels, Paris Johnson Jr.'s mom. Bax has been on almost every Wednesday for for forever, especially the last – he's been on every Wednesday for the last few months other than just one. So, yeah, Wednesday mornings with Bax is when we have him on, Bucknuts Morning 5. When will we see Sonny Styles comment from – YouTube, Dubba the Boss again. Um, another guy I thought would see today. You know, I think what happened was, though, they played the starters longer than what they, I think, intended. The starters were playing into the fourth quarter on both sides of the ball because it was closer than they expected at halftime. And not that he was close then, but I think they wanted to just make sure that, they, you know, the score didn't wasn't misleading there, which it worked out well because as long as Michael Hall Jr. is healthy, everything's good. No one got I – I didn't notice any injuries. Um so, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I thought we'd see guys like Sonny Styles in there. But the problem is the starters were in there longer than what they thought. So then the second-team defense cleaned it up. I didn't see a lot of third-team guys. Kai Stokes is a third-team guy, but he's really good. Jair Brown's a third-team guy. He's really good. So I'm surprised we didn't see Sonny Styles. Maybe I missed him, but I think you just backed up what I said. I didn't have him jotted down as one of the freshmen I saw late. I have the game recorded i'm going to re-watch it for those that want to know i if you're a bucknut subscriber i do a written version of what we learned every monday after we watch the game so keep it locked to bucknuts for that on monday yeah we uh, josh on um facebook is saying the buckeyes should be number two they should be prepare yourself for them being number three still though so just prepare yourself for it not like ohio state covered but alabama won by one point when they game their favorite by 21 against an unranked team and maybe Texas eventually will be ranked. They did look good. Texas's defense looked good. Texas's defense looked good. Um, yeah, Chad again from Facebook. Caden Curry looked like a monster. Gonna be a monster. Yeah, and gonna be might be like later this year. He looked great. They need to mix him in there. He looks. Tyler Friday made a good play today. But right now, man. I mean, Caden Curry looks like the fourth best defensive end on the team to me. You know. With uh, JT Tumilo Al Jack Sawyer being one and two, I'll put, still put Zach Harrison third. Although that one play I saw from Caden Curry, that that's one play, but that's might be more, more impressive and just more violent and faster than anything I've seen out of Zach Harrison. I think Zach Harrison's playing solid. I want to be clear about that. He's doing his job. You know, he's um, he's not missing tackles. He's setting the edge. He's playing physical. He's a little quicker off the ball. He's not as quick as maybe we we thought coming out of high school off the ball that first step, but. Um, I think Zach Harris was playing solid football. That's what they need. They needed JTT and I'm going to call him JTT, but I know it's not technically that. We know who I'm talking about. And Sawyer, they need those guys to really step up, and they have, especially JTT. He looks great. 
Um, and then one of those D tackles to step up as a star. I thought it'd be Tyleek Williams, and Tyleek looks good to me, but Michael Hall Jr. stepped up as that star. Love it. Absolutely love it. And then they, we need Zach Harrison to be solid. If those sophomores stepped up like I thought they would, they have as a group. Maybe not the guys we expect. Well, most of the guys we expected, and then just Michael Hall Jr. has been like the best of the group, which I, I, I'd be lying to you if I expected that. And I was bullish on him. They talked him up during spring, how, you know, Mini Geo, Geno Adkins, mini Aaron Donald, strong hands, quick, you know, just strong overall, undersized, but doesn't play undersized. And when you're that strong and you're undersized as a D tackle, I think it plays to your advantage that low center of gravity, you're able to, and you, you're, you're just as strong as the guy, but you're quicker than him. Oh boy. Oh boy. Daniel from uh, YouTube, where is Julian Fleming? Hurt again today to answer your question. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, we know he was hurt. Jackson Smith and Jigba and Julian Fleming out. So basically for the second uh, straight game there without their top two of their top four receivers, I put Fleming fourth. You know, you got JSN, Marvin Harrison Jr., Mecca Booker are going to be the starters of all things. Everybody's healthy. Fleming would then be mixed in as that number four. I think Xavier Johnson has, has earned some playing time, even as that number five or number four. Do we know for sure Julian Fleming is better than Xavier Johnson from what we've seen? I mean, by recruiting rankings, he's way better, right? But we'll see. Maybe Xavier Johnson's earned that number four role. Um, but I still think Julian Fleming needs to play eventually, either, either as the four or five. Probably the four, and Xavier Johnson as the five. I'm just saying I've been very impressed with what I've seen out of Xavier Johnson. He He's earned a role. But um, if Heartland does what he does last year in big games, I won't be surprised if everybody's healthy. You know, it's a big game. Game's on the line. You're really going to maybe probably just see the top three receivers with JSN, Marvin Harrison Jr., and Ibuka. Like, why take those guys off the field that much unless you completely believe there's not much of a gap from three to four or from two to four or two to five, whatever it might be? Because those three went healthy. Best trio of wide receivers in the country, in my opinion. You keep saying people say Buckeyes number two. I don't think so. I don't think so. I hope I'm wrong. They should be number two. They should be. I mean, they got basically penalized for losing to the number five team in the country by 11 the game they dominated in the second half. We'll see. And dominated the total yardage battle against Notre Dame, too. Close to 400 yards for Ohio State, 252 for Notre Dame. And then Alabama wins by one point against Texas. Now, it was on the road, but Alabama was favored by 21. They win by one. Last time I checked, if you're favored by 21 and you win by one, that's worse than when you're favored by 17 and win by 11. Um, you know, we the, the point spread was already factored in the fact that the game was at Ohio Stadium. We know the game was at Texas. Everybody thought, myself included, that Alabama would just boat race them. They barely won the game. It looked like Texas was going to win the game. Texas looked like the better team for most of the game, which shocks me. Um, hey, I think long-term that's a good thing. This shows me this Alabama team, they're very good. Um, they might have the best player. They think they do have the best player in the country, in my opinion, Will Anderson. Um, if not for the quarterback being so valuable and C.J. Stroud not being awesome, I think Anderson would be the number one pick of the draft, but I think Stroud's going to be the number one pick of the draft. But this doesn't look like – this looks like a really good Alabama team. This doesn't look like a juggernaut Alabama team. So maybe that's a good thing in the long run. We'll see. Um, yeah, unranked Texas. Yeah, unranked Texas. They beat them by one point. Alabama, they will drop, but I bet they dropped to two. And Ohio State will stay at three. Just get ready for it. Um, a lot of nice comments about – Cam Martinez, yeah. 
As I said earlier, I thought Cam Martinez played really well. Steven from YouTube says, Fleming's going to have to play in bubble wrap. My guy stays hurt. Yeah, I feel bad for the kid, you know. Yeah, ranking doesn't matter now. I agree with that. Mike on Facebook, I agree with you, Mike. Mike on Facebook says, for those just listening to the podcast-only version after the live version is over, uh, Mike on Facebook says, the ranking doesn't matter now. It doesn't. I'm just saying, like, since they do it, you know, why not do it right? But you're right. It doesn't matter if Ohio State's two or three right now. It doesn't matter. And then Mike also asks, is there an update on Jordan Hancock? Here's what I've been told. He could have played today. Um, I think what they're going to do is some of these guys that could have played today but were, you know, so-so, they're going to hold them out next week too, in my opinion, and then get them ready for Wisconsin. A very good Wisconsin team that I think is underrated at number 19. They can run the ball. They can play defense. They've got a really good offensive line. Shocking, right, that that Wisconsin has a great offensive line and a great running back. They just recycle great running backs and great offensive lines through there. It's pretty impressive. And Jim Leonard, they don't have a lot of returning starters on defense. The starters they have coming back are, are all really good. It's like four returning starters, but they're all stalwarts. Um, so only four returning starters for Wisconsin, but um, um, I still like their defense. Jim Leonard's a heck of a D coordinator, and um, I'm glad that game's in Columbus. Wisconsin, to me, is underrated at 19. So let's see. Let's get to some more uh, questions here. Yeah, I thought the O-line was good today. Question about the O-line. I thought the O-line was good today. I was pleased with the O-line. I thought they uh, opened up some nice uh, holes in the running game. I thought the pass pro was good. CJ did take his – was that his first sack of the season? Um, So, yeah. um, Oh, yeah, I'm not even watching the game right now. A lot of talk about – I know they were struggling early. Given how Notre Dame is struggling with Marshall, uh, might need to rethink Ohio State at number two. That's a good point. I mean, especially if Marshall – keeps that game close to the end or God forbid wins that game, then you can throw out what I said because that would tell you a lot about Notre Dame. They're very limited offensively. I liked what I saw out of Notre Dame defensively, but did not like their offense at all. Richard from Facebook. How about Cade Stover? I love what I'm seeing out of Cade Stover. Bringing the wood and, you know, as a blocker, um, really nice, uh, what was that, 35-yard catch there. Uh, you know, went up and, like, caught it with both hands and, like, try and, like, you know, catch it with his body where it could have bounced off. Uh, his pads he went up and looked like a wide receiver doing it. And an athletic kid, former Mr. Football, as tough as they come. And now has settled into that tight end role. By the way, he has five catches through two games, which might not sound like a, like a lot. But if you play it out, if Ohio State plays 14 games this season, guess what? We're going to have our first uh, Ohio State tight end to have 30 catches if he keeps his pace up in a season since Ben Hartsock 19 years ago in 2003. Hartsock had 33 in 2003. Since then, Zero Ohio State tight ends have reached 30 receptions in a season. Even Jeremy Ruckert last year when Ryan Day joked about it. Oh, well, that record's getting broken this year. We're going to have somebody get 30 this year. Even Jeremy Ruckert last year played in all 13 games, started all 13 games, 26 receptions, two receptions a game for Ruckert, who was still a third-round pick. He's not complaining. He, he got what he needed at, at Ohio State. Was They developed him as a tight end in the passing game, but not that he got that many in games, but he still developed – but what they do, they made a guy that was basically a wide receiver. Not basically. Rucker was a wide receiver in high school. They turned him into a real tight end, a blocking tight end that was then taken in the third round, making good money there in the NFL. So, yeah, I liked what I saw out of him. Are we going to see more of G. Scott Jr. wide out rider than tight end? No, I don't think so. I mean, right now, obviously, G. Scott Jr.'s biggest role is on special teams. He's the number three tight end. 
And if something would happen, they like to run more 12 personnel with two tight ends out there than I think um, maybe a lot of people, you know, not that you guys, you follow it closely, you know, Ohio State runs a lot of 12 personnel. But I think maybe um, people that don't follow Ohio State closely don't realize they run a lot of 12 personnel. Ryan Day is known as this pass-happy coach, and he can get that way, but he is also the only Ohio State coach in history to have a 2,000-yard runner, J.K. Dobbins in 2019, and he runs a lot of 12 personnel. Ryan Day mixes it up especially this year we're seeing it, but like even in 2019, he mixed it up more than I think um, people realize. So um, yeah. So I think G Scott jr. Um, right now is that number three tight end. We saw him out there a decent amount, had one ball thrown his way. Um, if there's an injury, one of the top two guys, he'll be out there because a lot, because they play number two tight ends. No, 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 no. Chad on Facebook, put yourself in timeout, Chad, Chad, Put yourself in timeout. I love. I you've had a lot of nice comments and questions, Chad. I love you. So don't don't take this. But you need to put yourself in timeout. I'm gonna give you two minutes instead of five because it was not Ben Hartsock. You spelled Hartsock wrong. It was Ryan Hamby who dropped a touchdown in 2005 against Texas. Not Hartsock. Hartsock was gone by then. Hartsock was on the national championship game in 2002. All right, Chad, you're in timeout, my friend. So Hamby, not Hartsock. Um, so there you go. Chad's in timeout for a little bit. Okay. Somebody said, don't even bring that up. I know that. Thank goodness they broke the string last week against Notre Dame. Like they said, that 2005 Texas game started the string of Ohio State being dreadful at home against non-conference opponents. 2005. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, I was disappointed in the lack of, you know, they will. One thing, I we have uh, Willis Styles on YouTube saying Ohio State needs to get some more turnovers on defense. Yeah, absolutely they do. Absolutely they do. But I love the aggressiveness. They'll get there. They'll get there. Special teams need to be better. There's no doubt about it. They need to be better. They have the yearly tradition of somebody kicking the ball out of bounds. Hey, there we go. Let's bring in our special guest live from the Ohio Stadium, Patrick Murphy. Welcome to the show, my friend. How you doing? I'm not sure I'm that special, but uh, I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. Um, what do you think of the game today? I think from an Ohio State fans' perspective, people were disappointed at the 29 or 24-9 halftime score. But I think most people are happy with the way uh, the game ended. Of course, how the Buckeyes played. What, what did you think? How do you think Ohio State played overall today? Yeah, it was a mixed bag, I think. And I asked Ryan Day after just about – he talked a lot this week about competitive stamina, right, that, that they needed to bring it every week with the same level of intensity. And I think we all knew just human nature that, you know, it's, it's tough to do that when you go from Notre Dame one week to Arkansas State the next. But I think you saw some of that. I don't think it was consistent, but I think that there was good things to build on. I think the passing game obviously got going. I think the fact that they were still able to run the ball, even though that was clearly a focus for the Arkansas State defense, is a positive. I think there were good things from the defense, too. Obviously, there were some some mistakes. Denzel Burke specifically uh, had some issues, a few missed tackles. But, you know, I think all in all, you know, you, you're putting together this defense still, and, and they've shown a lot of good stuff, a lot of stuff that's better than what we saw more often than not last weekend. So, yeah, this this wasn't a fantastic performance from the Buckeyes. They didn't come out and run Arkansas State off the field, but – you know, I, I think it was uh, another step in this kind of building blocks that they're putting together here. Michael, uh, Michael Hall Jr. looked great again. Um, what's the word? It looked like he was okay. Gave the thumbs up. But, like, was there any talk? How, how is his is it a shoulder? What's, what's going on there? It looked like he was okay, but scary moment there. 
Yeah, he came off to the side. I don't know how much they showed on television, but he came off to the sideline and took off his pads, and they were looking at his shoulder. He's flexing his neck. Uh, so we weren't sure, but then he put his pads back on and put the jersey back on. Yeah. So that was always obviously a good sign. Ryan Day said afterwards it doesn't seem to be – I forget exactly how he worded it, but it didn't sound serious. So good good news there. I assume if, if it had been, um, they, they would have you know either taken him into the, the – the tent taking him into the locker room they did neither of those things obviously if it's something with with a neck you you obviously want to be very careful and he stayed on the sidelines for uh for the remainder of the game so i assume that it was one of those you know stinger whatever you want to call it type of thing that uh you know just hurts pretty bad when it first happens but as you you kind of shake it off obviously with the way he played the buckeyes want to make sure he's in there this is back-to-back really good performances from from the man in the middle of the defensive line so I, uh, I assume he'll be back next weekend, but you know Ryan Day, he's, he's not giving up much when it comes to his injuries. Yeah, if, if there's any doubt, I, I say hold him out. JSN, Fleming, I mean, Toledo's good. Toledo's in the MAC, at least their division of the MAC by Phil Steele, who's the most accurate. As he, I love Phil Steele, I'm not making fun of him. As he is not afraid to tell you, he's the most accurate. All of the last preseason years, all the other preseason magazines, he's not afraid to tell you that. He's right. And he has Toledo as the best team in the MAC. That being said, you can't beat Toledo and beat them like soundly without Michael Hall Jr. You got problems. They're deep on this D line. I say guys like that hold them out for Wisconsin. Um, just my opinion. Hey, um, I want you to get in a couple of things. Um, what were some main takeaways from the press conference? And um, I'm sure Ryan Davis asked about penalties. They've got to clean this penalty situation. Way too many penalties. Yeah, second week in a row that this has been an issue. And obviously, it's a little different when you're playing Notre Dame. You know, things get heated and whatnot. There were a couple silly penalties in, in that game. But, yeah, the ones today were, were not good. You can't be given first downs to a team when, when you're about to t- let them off the hook or let them off the field. You know, you have a punt return touchdown that, you know, this isn't like Ohio State has punt return touchdowns all the time. And then you, you get a penalty on that one. Yeah, Ryan Day said that's that's certainly one of the things, probably the primary thing that has to get cleaned up. It didn't cost them last week. It obviously wasn't going to cost them today. But down the road, if, if you're a penalized team, we've seen it with good teams in the past. That can be the difference between winning or losing in a big game. That's certainly a major issue. And, you know, I, I think when you look at the different kinds of penalties, too, that there's just there's just a lack of discipline with some of them. And, and that has to get fixed for sure. And, and I'm sure it will, especially on the defensive side. I can't imagine a, a guy like Jim Knowles putting up with that for very long We've seen him, you know, he's pulling guys out of games for less. So if penalties continue to be a thing, that may be something that, that changes who's in the game as, as frequently. Question from YouTube, Yakov22. How was the crowd today, Patrick? Did not seem too loud on TV, he says. Yeah, it wasn't. I mean, look. It's Arkansas State. At right. a noon game. 20-some minutes before kickoff, we looked. I was standing right over here in front of the student section. We're, we're watching guys warm up, and I was standing next to another reporter, and there was hardly anyone in that that south end zone where the students usually are. I think this is one of those days. If you're a student, you know the the people who really love Buckeye football come. But it wasn't a game that was high on most people's list. I, I can't blame them for that. This was supposed to be a 44 and a half point favorites. I, it is what it is. The, the atmosphere wasn't crazy. It did get loud in here at times. There were some third downs, especially in that first half when things were a little, you know, iffy. There, you know, still 100,000 people at the game. So, you know, when it got loud, it got loud. But, yeah, it was nowhere near the atmosphere of last week, and I didn't expect it to be. So there's been a lot of talk on the show. 
let's preface this as we've already talked about. It doesn't matter if Ohio State is number two or number three in the polls this coming week. It really does not matter at all. But fun to talk about. And Ohio State dropped after beating the number five team in the country by 11 points when they were favored by 17. Alabama today beat an unranked team that they were favored by 21 over by one point on a last-second field goal. Um, so you would think Alabama is going to drop to three, right? I've been warning people. A lot of people are saying Ohio State's going to be number two, no doubt about it. I've been warning people. I think I agree with them. Ohio State should move up to number two. Alabama should drop to three. I'm warning my friends out there. I bet you what's going to happen is Alabama will drop from one to two and Ohio State will stay at three. Because Ohio State didn't cover either. Although Alabama should drop to three in my opinion. They did not look good today at all. No, they did not. I had the game on, on I had the game on the iPad in there and they did not look good. I it wouldn't surprise me just given the way these things work if Alabama stays number one, honestly. I mean, everyone kind of gives that team the benefit of the doubt more often than not. And, you know, it was on the road, I guess, and, in a, you know, a tough place to play, so to speak. Uh, although Texas hasn't been that difficult to play against these last several years. Um, you know, I agree with you. I think it should be Georgia one, depending on what Georgia does today. I haven't seen anything from them. I don't know when they play, but um, then the Buckeyes two and, and Alabama three. You know, Alabama, I guess, last week went out against Utah State and did their thing. But, you know, I, I just I think if you go on the road against Texas and you struggle like that, you know, this isn't this isn't Texas of, of national championship years. And you know, Quinn Ewers left the game. They also lost their cornerback in that game. So Alabama wasn't even facing a full strength Texas. And that looked about as bad of an Alabama performance, at least from what I saw of the game that I've seen in a long time. But, yeah, I agree with you. People should be ready for Alabama to be ahead of Ohio State because that's just how these things work. But as you said from the beginning, it doesn't matter. A couple more things will get you out of here. I know you got a lot of yeah. work to do. We just had a question like who – like right now, we know the top three linebackers. Tommy's the middle linebacker, period. He, he's the man. Um, Knowles is trying to figure out who his will is. Right, again, Steel Chambers and Cody Simon split snaps. I thought they both played well. Um, who's that number four linebacker? I answered. I said uh, Chip Traynham. Problem is Chip is behind Tommy, who's playing every snap. I think Chip is right. versatile enough. He could play the will if need be. I think Chip is that fourth linebacker. Is that fair to say? And we saw him late in the game. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I mean, I, let's remember this is a guy who – wasn't playing linebacker the last two years in, in college football. It's been since high school, since he was playing linebacker regularly. So it's not surprising that, you know, you're using a guy like Cody Simon who has been a linebacker these last, these last couple games. So yeah, I think chip is certainly in the mix there behind the starting two. Um, if you want to say Cody Simon's the third, but you're right. It's hard to take Tommy Eichenberg off the field with the way he's playing right now. And chip Trainum is, I think just kind of the opposite of the beneficiary of that. Okay, um, Marvin Harrison Jr., wow. Um, they, <laughs> the, our guy Josh Perry was doing – Joshua Perry uh, was doing the, the play-by-play, and he – or excuse me, the color commentary. He does a great job. He referred to it as, as his coming out party today. I was like – I almost texted him. was like, it's coming out party part two, my man. Uh, Joshua Perry does a great job. I, I love that he's a star on the rise. We're going to see him on, like, network TV before long. He's fantastic. He'll be on Real Fox before long, not Big Ten Network. Um but Marvin Harrison Jr., my goodness gracious, and C.J. Stroud had, had just some pinpoint perfect throws. But um, Marvin Harrison Jr. looks like A.J. Green to me, Patrick. 6'4", catches everything. A.J. Green in his prime or A.J. Green at Georgia. Not A.J. Green right now. That's what, who he looks like to me out there. Yeah, that's certainly a good comparison, you know, with the, the height and, and kind of his build. 
look, the passing game got back on track, and that's one of my biggest takeaways today. Yes, it was Arkansas State, but you needed – if they'd come out and played similarly to last week where the numbers are fine but they weren't good, then I, I would have been a little bit more concerned. And Marvin Harrison, who didn't have a great game last week against Notre Dame, at, at least not what I expected, even with Jackson Smith and Jigba in the game, I thought he he showed, you know, look, I, I can do this. It wasn't just a, a one-time thing in the Rose Bowl, which we didn't expect. But this was exactly what you needed to kind of bounce back. I thought CJ looked great. Uh, you know, there are still a few throws he probably won back, but that's probably true every game. He even ran uh, right here on the sideline that I'm in. He took off for uh, like three yards, I think. So props to him for picking up some yardage on the ground. Um, you know, Mecca Buka got going a little bit. You know, obviously, the big play to him. Uh, I liked some of the stuff they did, at least on one play. Maybe they did it a couple times with uh, Jaden Ballard in motion, and then they ran the ball. I think that Travion Henderson first touchdown sucked everybody to one side. Travion Henderson, I know that's not a pass play, but it, it uses another one of those receivers. I think when you have somebody else in there, maybe a, a Jackson Smith and Jigba, defense is going to bite even more on that. So, yeah, I think that, that the offense in general today was pretty good. I liked the balance. I think it was almost split carries to, to pass attempts. And, you know, you, you got the running backs to continue to roll. You got some short yardage situations, which were good. And, yeah, I, I wanted to see the passing game get going against the defense that they should, and they did just that. And, you know, obviously Marvin Harrison Jr. was a benefactor of that, being the guy he is in the end zone. Thank you so much for your insights. Um, great stuff out of Patrick Murphy. I'll let you get back to work. Thank you for checking in with us. Kept you a little longer than what I promised, but uh, fantastic insights live from the horseshoe from Patrick Murphy. Thank you, sir. Yep, yep. Good talking with you, Dave. All right, take care, Patrick. All right, we're going to – great hearing from Patrick. We're going to hope to hear from Steve Hellwag, and if he has time, we shall see. Uh, I better stop talking up Wisconsin. Maybe they're just trying to lay low. No, I don't think they're trying to lay low. Uh, Wisconsin at home against Washington State – who, speaking of Phil Steele, I think picked uh, dead last in their division of the oh, first down Wisconsin. Wisconsin's struggling, though. 0-0 score in the second quarter against visiting, visiting Washington State, who, again, was picked uh, dead last in their division of the Pac-12. Did I say the whack? That's funny. Uh, the Pac-12. Um, maybe Washington State's better than we think, but uh, maybe, maybe I should stop saying Wisconsin is underrated at 19. I love their running back, and I love their O-line. I, I like Jim Leonard as a D coordinator, so we'll see. Um, so that's another great thing about that Notre Dame game. That's Notre Dame is basically Wisconsin. Like they're, they do the – except Wisconsin's quarterback can't run. Not that Buckner was really able to hurt Ohio State that much with the QB run, but, like, um, Mertz can't really run. I mean, I guess he can a little bit, but he's not as mobile as Buckner. Mertz might be a better passer, but he's not that good of a passer. Um, but – Notre Dame didn't have that good of a running back. But the point is, defense is set up the exact same way. I think Notre Dame's defense is, is a little bit uh, better because they're more veteran. They have more starters coming back. And I, I like both D coordinators. My point is that that gave Ohio State, you know, the exact blueprint of what Wisconsin's going to do against them. So, love that a lot. Okay. Um, we had somebody say something I want to check in with because this goes back to my young you – know, my earliest memory as a Buckeye um, – was 1982, so Marcus Merrick and those guys, uh, Tim Spencer. So I was six years old, and that's my earliest memory, 1980. They're a good team. Marcus Merrick, I believe he's still the all-time tackling leader in Ohio State history. Tim Spencer was a great running back. <clears throat> and then they had a really good tight end named Mike – or excuse me, excuse me, John Frank. Um, and then John Frank had two great years, at least, maybe three great years for the Buckeyes. He's the best tight end in Ohio State history, in my opinion. And we have somebody pointed out – 
Yeah, I, I want to be clear. The record of receptions for an Ohio State tight end has not been Hartsock with 33. That's just the last time an Ohio State tight end has had 30 or more receptions was in 2003 with Ben Hartsock. John Frank has the school record with 45 in 1983, as Mike points out on YouTube. And John Frank, who then went played for the 49ers, won a Super Bowl, um, retired early from football to be a doctor. This guy is awesome. So Mike, or excuse me, because Mike asked the question. I need to put my reading glasses back on. John Frank, best tight end in Ohio State history, in my opinion. I don't think I'm alone in that opinion. Great, 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 great player. 1983, set the record for Ohio State with 45. All right, something else I wanted to get into. That somebody There was a starred comment. Okay, Duncan Morris on YouTube wants to know, if uh, Denzel Burke looks bad next week, who would they look to? If healthy, it'd be Jordan Hancock. If Jordan Hancock's not healthy, the next corner would be J.K. Johnson, as we saw today. All those guys are second-year players. Denzel Burke, the only one who enrolled early last year, of course, started last year. Jordan Hancock did not redshirt last year, played on special teams, played a little bit as a third-string corner. Um, J.K. Johnson played a little bit, but redshirted. Um, so he's a redshirt freshman. J.K. Johnson would be the next one in the game um, if Jordan Hancock can't go. I still think Burke's going to be okay. I think they're going to just say you cannot be over-aggressive like that. You, it's the same thing that they've said with Travion Henderson sometimes. Listen, you're not trying to hit the home run on every play, okay? You're not trying to get a pick six on every play. You need to, you need to chill out and play football and, and play assignment football. That's what this defense is about. 11 playing as one. You don't need, you know, 10 playing as one and then Denzel Burke out there trying to be a superstar. Uh-uh. Yeah, I mean, not only did Ohio State win, and we have a comment on YouTube saying they won and that's all that matters. Um, I agree with that. But I also think they looked good. Like, I, I know they didn't cover the spread, but, like, they looked good. I thought there were some, you know, some fluky things early, like the punt return getting called back and then two more penalties on top of that, you know, to get, like, them a cheap field goal instead of it being 14 nothing at 7-3. to three. It's like, okay, whatever. What did you guys think? I mean, look at the total yardage, you know, final. I mean, Ohio State just dominated this game. Um, it just was disappointing that they were only up 24-9 to nine at halftime. But again, I love the red zone defense. Um, I love the way this defense is attacking, uh, flying around, looking like a silver bullet defense. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Bucknuts being Bucknuts says Buckeye Will 2016. I'm not sure what that means. Bucknuts being but He must mean like absolutely awesome. Thank you, Buckeye Will, for saying that we're awesome. Bucknuts being Bucknuts. That's right. We launched in 1999. There's a reason we got the most subscribers of any Buckeye website. There's a reason we've been around since 1999. Thank you, Buckeye Will. All right, Anthony from Facebook. Denzel Burke looked terrible today. We're getting a lot of that. Let's. We we know. I don't mind you guys saying that. I'm not trying to pick on you, Anthony. I, I know. I know. Um, defensive angles while being aggressive, but we need turnovers. Yeah, there sometimes there were some poor angles, but um, there was one time in particular. I'm sure we all remember this play. Where was it like a jet? Yeah, it was like a jet sweep to the right. And um, two Ohio State guys were there, but they both went to the outside. One needs to stay outside, set the edge. The other needs to come in from the inside. They both went outside. The guy cut it back in for a semi-big gainer, got the first down. Um, yeah, Chris from uh, YouTube. All, all Burke needs to do is slow down. Exactly. He'll be fine. I know what I saw last year. He'll be fine. Yeah, I give I give props to that kid. At five six, I don't I don't believe he's five six one fifty five. He looks like he's more like five six one eighty with speed. Um, Champ Flemings, yes, 
second straight game with over 100 yards and a touchdown for that kid. Played at Oregon State for four years. Um, that's a good get for Arkansas State. He looked good to me. He was tough. He was run up the middle and get up talking. I like that kid. I'd take him on my team anytime. Take him on my team anytime. That kid played well. Get, tip your cap. Tip your cap. Yeah, kid, we have some uh, questions about – not questions – a lot of uh, Caden Curry shout-outs. Yeah, I mentioned this earlier. You know, Caden Curry was the true freshman that jumped out to me today the most. Dallin Hayden wins the silver medal there. Curry gets the gold. I, I think he needs to be in the mix. Tyler Friday does – you know, I know they love him. Battled his way back. I think right now Curry looks better than Friday and Javante Jean-Baptiste to me. He right now should be on the two deep as that number four defensive end. Oh, yeah, there we go. Steve Hellwagon live from the horseshoe. Oh, from the camera. Well, you guys are getting a look in the, the bowels of the Ohio State. Steve, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm just walking out of the photo area here for a second. Under the South Stands, for those yes. of you. Yes. And under the, the locker stands. room. Yeah. Well, not yes. under the locker room. Under the South Stands. Yes. Um, I'll do this out here in the stadium since it's such a nice day. So – your main takeaways, obviously, uh, you know, 24 to 9 at halftime wasn't great, but I still thought Ohio State was playing well. And then they dominate the second half. You're just your overall takeaways from this game, Steve. Yeah, business like game is what I would say. Um, you know, were there some penalties? Yes. I think Coach Day was very unhappy with nine penalties for 85 yards, something like that. Um, you know, in, in inopportune times as well. And I think just people who didn't have the proper awareness of time and score, you know, some of the penalties. And obviously Burke's got to get, got to get some things cleaned up in coverage. Uh, he did not have a very good day today, I don't, did not believe. But, you know, you're going to have that. I think Arkansas State had some players, which we told, you know, I went over to our friend Bill Conley there late in the first half when it was kind of slogging along, and I said, you know, we tried to tell you, anybody who'd listen, the old John Cooper uh, – uh, <laughs> refrain that uh, Arkansas State's got a fine, fine ball team. So, uh, you know, their quarterback did play two years at Florida State, has a ton of experience, over 7,000 yards now passing in his college career. And, uh, you know, he led them between the 20s up and down pretty good. And uh, yet, great job by the defense in the red zone to slam the door, force the field goals, get off the field. Uh, they got 12 points. I, I can live with that. I don't have a big issue with that. And I honestly thought I mean, I predicted 13 for them just because I thought they were going to make a couple plays here and there, and that's basically how it turned out. So uh, I think good day for um, uh, the passing game. I thought there were a lot of positives there. Uh, Marvin Harrison, just a monster, monster day. And same with Emeka Buka. He had a huge day as well. So great to see those two guys are living up to, to what we thought they might be. And um, I don't know, Dave, I, I'm, I you know, 45 to 12 in 100 years, people are going to remember that Ohio State beat Arkansas State on this day here in 2022, and it's just one game out of 12 in the regular season, and it's on to the next one. Toledo, is there plenty to coach this team up about? Certainly. Uh, they had some deficiencies in pass defense today that uh, you can't have against uh, frontline competition, um, you know, because you're not always going to be able to get out of there in the red zone like they did today. So, uh, you know, uh, a tough one. I think the starters had to play a little bit longer than, than maybe uh, Ryan Day and the coaches had hoped because they just hadn't quite put it away. But uh, 
Liked the way they came out to start the second half, moved it right down and scored three and out, moved it right down and scored 38 to nine. And it's, uh, you know, pretty much a done deal at that point. Other great performers from Michael Hall Jr. Uh, you know, went out, he got dinged up, looked like he was okay though. Um, Patrick was talking about that a little bit earlier. Get into that a little bit, how Michael Hall Jr. Um, looked after getting dinged up. Looked like he probably could have went back in there if they didn't have the game in hand. And I think JT Tumulau looks like a star in the making as well. Just get into the, both those uh, young defensive linemen. Yeah, I think you got to be emboldened by what you saw out of those two guys in particular, as sophomores, to know that uh, you know they're just scratching the surface of what they're going to be able to accomplish. Uh, Mike Hall uh, on his sack that came, I think, on a fourth down, he beat the right guard like a government mule. I think it was late in the first half. They got that uh, got that fourth down stop, and Ohio State got the ball back near midfield, and then they kind of futzed around and didn't get anything out of it. But uh, um, that was a hell of a play right there. I was watching him very carefully when he went to the sidelines through the binoculars. looked like he was nursing some kind of a left shoulder injury uh, there, and he did, in fact, put his uh, pads and his jersey back on as if he thought maybe there was a chance he was going to play. But I don't think they put him back in the game after that. And he'll certainly be examined and, you know, come in tomorrow and have whatever, uh, you know, uh, physical therapy or, you know, uh, whatever they need to do, treatment on the shoulder, whatever they feel they need to do to have him ready. But, uh, yeah, I agree with you. It didn't seem like it was so serious, but at that stage of the game, already decided why put uh, one of your what's become one of your top four or five guys on defense back in there and uh, risk anything further so uh, a lot of other guys got the opportunity Marvin Harrison Jr. had three touchdowns uh, should have had four looked to me like that time you know what it was called uh, incomplete there at the goal line should have been a touchdown as close as could be on on both main things as close as can be on did he catch it and make a football move and then did he cross the goal line? But I, yeah. after doing it, there was no doubt. I mean, it was as close as can be, but we have the benefit of replay. It's not like after looking at it, I had any doubt. Uh, we have a comment, um, or really a question from um, YouTube from Roger. W- what about that touchdown that we should have got? Um, did he they didn't complete it? the catch? Off, but we did not get it. Why, Steve? I, I didn't feel like he completed. I didn't feel like he completed the catch. I think he, I think he, I think I he, he caught it. There was an angle from this south end looking toward the north end, and as soon as he turns, the ball's on the ground. I mean, I mean, he—I don't think he ever caught the ball. Uh, to be honest with you, I, I could be wrong, but that was the angle I saw was from this end here looking down to the other end. He—he's here. He catches it and he turns to the goal line. He breaks the plane of the goal line probably with the ball, but he never really completed the catch. I mean, he. It, it, it was like, bang, the ball was on the ground. So, you know, bang, bang, play. I don't, did they review that at all? I, I, I don't know if they did or not. I think they did. My guess is I would need to back this up. I'm going to rewatch the game. Yeah, Those, rewatch I'm gonna, it. I'm going to do a, a written version of what we learned on the site on Monday. My guess is it was um, – it, it wasn't um, irrefutable, Yeah. I guess. It yeah. would be the argument they that called it, it incomplete close. on the field. Yeah. So. Yeah. They, they called it a touchdown on the field. It, it probably would have stood. It's probably one of those that like yeah. was so close that they didn't want to do it. And I don't even uh, think they, I don't even think they hit him to knock it out. I think they hit him after he drops it. But again, it's one play out of 120. I'm, I'm trying to recollect in my memory, but uh, I, I agree with you. We need to go back and watch it. And you know what? 
if that's the worst thing that happened to Marvin Harrison this year or this on this day, then then I think we'll live with it because the guy made one play after another and yeah. um, you know got behind the defense for the for uh, one of the touchdowns. Great crossing route, outran the defense for for that one, and then uh, his guy Stroud put it only where he could get it on the last one, and he makes a great play on the ball there. So a uh, huge day for him and. Uh, He's getting better with each passing day, and uh, you know you got to be excited about his trajectory, no doubt. All right, so too many penalties today. You hit on that, um, Denzel Burke. Now, was this a case, Steve, where this is a kid that's really good that was just had a terrible game and was being way too aggressive, which is my stance, or is this reason to be concerned? Well, um, it's probably different things on different plays. It seemed to me he was getting a little too physical with his coverage. And he needs to get back to basics on, you know, moving his feet, you know, proper positioning of the hands, et cetera, uh, you know, finding the ball, et cetera, because his timing just seems to be just a little bit off right now with what, what he can do and when he can do it. I mean, when, when, they, when they threw the flags, I was like, no doubt, no doubt. That's pass interference. And then he had another pass interference, and the guy caught, came down with the ball anyway. He got away with one. He got yeah. away with one where he grabbed the jersey. We have Jason on Facebook saying he got away with one where he, he tugged the yeah. guy's jersey going on a crossing route. Yeah, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, yeah. He, he just needs to – you know, they're asking him to play a lot of plays because they don't have a lot of uh, corners uh, right now. We did see four J.K. Johnson get in the game eventually, which was good. His first prolonged playing time in a game on defense. So, that to me was a positive. Uh, I mean, he was in there in the second quarter. So – uh, that was good, and uh, gave Burke maybe a chance to get a drink of water and get you know you know they had a really good year one time when they rotated what was it uh, Lattimore and Ward and Sheffield or something, so Conley. yeah Conley whoever it was so maybe it was Sheffield yeah yeah Sheffield was the third one whichever yeah. whatever year I'm talking I about I think you're right yeah so maybe uh, they need to develop a third guy so that he's not out there 54 plays out of 54 plays and. It's hard to be perfect. I mean, on, you know, and they had good players. That guy, the guy Flemings, you know, is a former Oregon State player, never really a big-time receiver there, but uh, he had a big game last week, granted against Grambling, and he made a few plays here today. So, you know, you're going to see better players as you go along. And to me, you know, this is a build. It's, it's you know, they last week was great. They're never going to get credit for what they did. I don't know what the Notre Dame score is right now. Uh, it was six to nothing in the second quarter they were trailing, but uh, you know we're going to find out if that was a, a good team or a you know a, five, a six and six Notre Dame team that they played. I don't know, but uh, any rate, um, to me, um, a lot of good building blocks today. A lot of good things they can teach off of, and got to get a look, got to get cleaner in a lot of aspects coming out of this game, in my opinion. Last thing, I know you got to get out of here. Get into the O-line in this running game. I love the one-two punch with Travion Henderson and Mayan Williams. It was fun seeing Dallin Hayden late, too. But really, that one-two punch, um, as good as I've seen at Ohio State, and I don't see that. I don't say that lightly. And um, I like what I'm seeing out of this O-line. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I didn't feel like there were any major breakdowns with the defense or the offensive line today. I thought that uh, – that they did a good job. Did they go three and out a couple times? But I, I yeah, but I, I didn't feel like necessarily it was the, the offensive lines issues. Um, I want, um, 
I like how they got Henderson started and he broke a big one early. And that's what I talk about with him is that he needs to play because the more carries he get, eventually he's going to, going to hit a big one. And then it rubs off with Mayan Williams. Mayan Williams just gets all that energy going in him and he goes in there and bounces off of people. Right. Pinballs his way through there. Pork yeah, he, he was abusing people and uh, you know, they are a great one, two punch. And, uh, you know, you have one more game next week against Toledo to put the, the, the polish on all of this before the bullets are flying for real here in two weeks when they play Wisconsin. So uh, Wisconsin's playing Washington State right now, so they'll get a little bit of a test maybe uh, there. But uh, Washington you know, State's leading 7 nothing. I did not expect oh, that. Wow. Wisconsin's got the ball, but Wisconsin, Washington State is up 7 nothing in the second quarter. Has Notre, Dame, has Notre Dame scored yet? I haven't. I only have. I, I, I didn't bring my, my remote over here. I have a game on, but I don't have. Yeah. I, have I have the Wisconsin game on. I don't have the uh, Notre Dame game on. One of our good people, I'm sure, will throw out a Notre Dame score for us. Um, throw out a Notre Dame score for us out there either on Facebook or YouTube. Got to get it where Twitter can comment too. Steve, you get out of here, my man. I appreciate your time. Thank you for your insights live yeah. from the Ohio Stadium. And the game, the, you, man. The game story has got the post game videos with Coach Day and everything. Marshall is ahead nine to seven in the third quarter. Woo! Seven minutes to go in the third quarter. There you Marshall go. We had just ahead. you said it. You barely beat DB Collins to the punt. Nine well, seven Marshall and Alabama wriggled off the hook as we all saw. Yeah, Texas really they they had that game on lock. They just needed to take the clock down and kick the field goal on the last play and. I don't know what they were doing. Uh, that that didn't make any sense. But uh, they're going to rue the fact they didn't manage the end of the game very well, I think. But, you know. Marshall 9-7 and, and the ball at Notre Dame's 23. Goodness gracious. Steve Hellwagon, you get back to work, my friend. Thank you so much for your insights and joining us. All right, kids. Appreciate it, man. We'll see you later. Take care. Steve Hellwagon joining us. We had Patrick Murphy on earlier. Thanks to him. Thank you very much to Steve. Love hearing from those guys. Jeez, Notre Dame's in trouble. Is it too early to say Wisconsin? No, Wisconsin just scored a touchdown, so they're going to tie it up about six minutes left in the first half. So Wisconsin tied, but still, Wisconsin was heavy favorites over Washington State. Touchdown pass from Graham Mertz. Tie it up, probably, if they hit the extra point. Six minutes left in the first half. Washington State, seven. Wisconsin, six, pending the extra point. Um, very interesting. Yeah, Jeremiah on YouTube is saying Williams and Henderson, the Buckeyes' great one-two punch. That's exactly right. And I don't say this lightly. I think, well, I, wait a minute. I, I take it back. I, I'm sorry. I got to put them number two for now. I have to. The best one-two punch in Ohio State football has to be Archie Griffin and Pete Johnson. It just does. Barely before my time, but, like, I still know all about them. Like, even though I didn't see them live. Archie Griffin winning Heisman trophies, plural, and Pete Johnson getting 20 touchdowns rushing in the same year. I mean, that's got to be the best one-two punch. So, you know, tip your cap to those legends, Archie Griffin and, and Pete Johnson. Archie Griffin, the only two-time Heisman Trophy winner and an absolute great ambassador for Ohio State. As great of a running back as he was, he's an even better man. And he, Anybody who's met Archie knows what I'm talking about. He's just class personified. I'm glad I caught myself there. Number one all-time running back duo in Ohio State history, Archie Griffin, Pete Johnson. And I think they need to prove it. We're two games in, so I'm not going to put even put them there yet. But if they continue doing what, what they're doing right now, I think we're going to look back on 2022 Travion Henderson and Mayan Williams as the second best one-two punch at running back in Ohio State history. 
just my opinion there. You know, I'm not afraid to give you my opinion. Um, <laughs> Bilal on uh, Facebook says, to me, the best one-two punch is a Mecca Buka and Harrison Jr. Hey, uh, yeah, I mean, we don't need to, like, pick between our children, though, right? I mean, like, it's like, come on. Love the one-two punch at uh, running back. Love the one-two punch at wide receiver. And guess what? That one-two punch at wide receiver is missing probably the best wide receiver in the country in Jackson Smith and Jigba. So soon that's going to be a great one-two-three punch at wide receiver, just as good or just as just as good or better than what we saw last year at wide receiver, which is saying a lot. I love it. Nothing against Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. Those are studs. It's just Jackson Smith and Jigba returns. Hopefully he gets healthy. Marvin Harrison Jr., stud. Emeka Buka, stud. It's unbelievable. Yeah, there we go. Jeremiah says, Archie and Pete are the greatest one-two punch. You are right. I'm glad I remembered that. Because Pete Johnson would have come – Archie's probably too classy to come over and beat me up. But Pete would have come over and probably beat me up. Um, so, I'm glad I remembered that. So, good deal. Um, let's see here. Yeah, number three, the knockout puncher, Mayan Williams. Bilal again on Facebook, you know. Yeah, the knockout punch. That's what that's what he is. He just he wore Notre Dame down last week. I, I love it. Travion's gonna get in, and Travion runs hard. He he trucked a guy today. Trucked a guy last week. He's out there running hard. He's not just a home run hitter. Travion Henderson's a great overall running back. Um, he's he's become a good good in pass pro. We know he can catch the ball. Travion Henderson's a three down. It just so happens his backup's really really good and deserves to play. And. They root for each other, which is really cool. They're not like Travion's not sulking when he goes goes over there and rests. He knows that he needs like you know when he, he doesn't want to get too much uh, you know wear and tear on those tires. He wants to play in the NFL for a long time. He's about it. He wants to win, play good, put on enough film where he's eventually a first or maybe second round pick because running backs is tough to go in the first round. But at the worst, Travion Henderson's eventually going to be a second round pick. I bet he'll be a late first if I had to guess. Uh, it's hard, hard, hard as we know to be a first round pick as a running back, but. Um, this past year, no running backs were taken in the first round. Um, there's one more thing I want to see here. Dr. Brad says the defense is really shaky, won't cut it against that team up north. I disagree. They had a stretch there where they were shaky. Um, overall, I love their aggressiveness, and I love the tackles for loss and sacks. They need to start uh, causing turnovers. But overall, even though they had a stretch in the game where they were very disappointing to me for about a quarter there where they were giving up, you know, Still, they were great in the red zone. They only gave up 12 points. I like what I'm seeing out of Knowles in this defense. Yeah, I agree. Dallin Hayden looked good. He did look good. All 12 to 7, Marshall, over Notre Dame. Wow. Goodness gracious. Um, yeah, we keep having people bring up turnovers. Ohio State's now minus one on turnovers for the season. Turnover free game on both sides of the ball last week. Today, the Buckeyes were minus one. They've got to start uh, forcing turnovers. I think they will. I think they will. All right, I appreciate you guys joining me. I'm going to wrap this up now. Thank you for all of the comments and questions. Um, thank you for tuning into the show. I appreciate that very much. Um, thanks to our live audience. Thanks to everybody who's listening to the replay of the show, um, the podcast-only version. Thank you to Patrick Murphy and Steve Hellwag and our special guests joined us live from Ohio Stadium. Um, but most of all, thanks to you guys. I know you have a lot of choices out there. really appreciate you joining me. Um, I'll be with you after every Buckeye football game this year, immediately following every Ohio State football game this year. I'll be with you here on Bucknuts Post Game Live. So uh, make uh, make sure you keep it locked uh, to these pla- whatever platforms you're uh, listening or watching on right now. Keep it locked to those after every Buckeye game. I'll be with you live, um, and we'll post the po- podcast version as soon as we can. Uh, Buckeyes emerge with a victory today. 
uh, 45 to 12 over Arkansas State, Toledo next week. Again, thank you very much to all of you. Hope everyone has a great day. I hope you enjoy the rest of your weekend. Thanks again. Go Bucks.